The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. So let's take our Bibles one more time. Let's stand up. We're going to read together from Philippians chapter 2. Uh, I'll begin reading in verse 1. We'll read through verse 13. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this spiritual life that you've, that you've given us. Lord, we were dead in trespasses and sin. And you quickened us and made us alive and you saved us. And now, Lord, instruct us and teach us, empower us and strengthen us that we might live according to your will and purpose and that we might fulfill our calling on this earth to be witnesses of you and to live our life in the likeness of your son, Jesus. Thank you for this time we have. Use it to instruct us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I thought that I would take this day and preach a two-part message. This morning, I'm going I'm to preach about right thinking. Right thinking. And, t- and t- this morning's part one, right thinking. Now, tonight's message, right thinking part two, is actually the better of the two. So, if you can only make one service, make sure you come tonight, because that's the best one, and uh, you don't want to miss it. But this morning, I'm talking about the mind of Christ. Right thinking, the mind of Christ. I've heard it said that attitude is everything. How many of you ever heard that? Attitude is everything. I don't agree with that. Jesus Christ is everything, and nothing is before Jesus. Not only that, but attitudes can be bad, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be good. So attitude is not everything, but 
it certainly plays a very big part in our spiritual success or failure in life. We have to have the right attitude. If we are going to succeed in our, in our attempt to be, to be children of God, spiritual Christians, then we are going to have to approach life with the right attitude. As with all things, we need to find good examples to, to frame our attitude. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 17, Paul states, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so, as ye have us for an, an example. So, to develop my message, my message today, I, I could use the example, I could cite the examples of men such as Paul, or Peter, or, or, or John, or any of the apostles. However, there is a greater example in Scripture for us to emulate. And that is the example that I'm going to consider today. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21 we read, For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. That example that we have to frame our philosophies, to frame our attitudes, is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Now look with me again at our, at our text this morning and look at verse number 5 of Philippians chapter 2. Here we see, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And this is the crux of my message this morning. The mind of Christ. Imagine for a moment how successful we would be as believers if we were to model our thinking after Jesus Christ. That would be wonderful, wouldn't it be? And of course, the, the world has their little philosophy, what would Jesus do? And in every instance, stop and ask, what would Jesus do? But we don't do that, do we? Usually, we don't. Usually, things come along and we just act according to our own understanding, according to our own attitudes, according to our own philosophies. So today, many would say, well, is, is it possible that I could think like Jesus? Well, turn with me, keep a, a marker here in Philippians chapter 2, we're going to come back, but turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, real quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we'll begin in verse 14, should be easy to find, it's just a a couple of books back toward the front of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. But the natural man, or the unsaved man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of Christ, that we may instruct him? Now look at that next phrase. But we have the mind of Christ. You see that? The mind of Christ is not something that you have to attain. It was given to you upon salvation. It's just something you have to use. It's something you have to apply in your life. When God saved us, he made us a new creation. He recreated us in, in the image and likeness of his Son. He gave us all that we need to be successful. And that includes the attitudes and the philosophies and the mind 
of Christ. Apart from the grace of God, we would not be able to think like Jesus. However, through his grace, we are able to understand the difficult things and the hidden things of God. And we are, we are able to live according to his will and word. So what can we glean from these passages of scripture this morning to help us develop the right attitude? I'm going to share three thoughts with you. Now, normally when I prepare a Sunday morning message, I have eight pages of notes. I only have, I only have six. So does that mean we get out of here earlier? I wouldn't count on it, but maybe. Number one. Jesus acknowledged the will of the Father. I said Jesus acknowledged the will of the Father. Back to Philippians chapter 2, if you would, look at verse 6, the first part of verse 7. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Jesus is in every way equal to the Father. He is not a lesser God. In fact, he is God in the flesh. So there are two points of emphasis here. The first is that Jesus is a part of the Godhead and therefore he is God. And secondly, he laid aside his deity and did not demand obeisance from men. We read that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Consider the treatment Jesus received at the the hands of men. He was was beaten. He was was hated. He was reviled. He was mistreated. He suffered great needs. Do you realize that the armies of heaven were held back? By the will of the Father? Can you imagine going into a kingdom and mistreating the son of the king? What do you think would happen to you if you did that? Well, the full wrath of the king would fall upon you, wouldn't it? You'd suffer great, great hurt and, and, and you'd, be, you'd be treated very severely. But it was the will of the Father that Jesus should come to earth and be hated and reviled of men. Jesus stated in Matthew chapter 26 and verses 53 and 54, speaking to Peter after Peter uh, cut off the ear of the servants of the, of the, uh, the servants off his head. And by the way, he wasn't aiming for his ear. You realize that? Peter didn't say, stop, I'm going to cut off your ear. He wasn't aiming for his ear. He was just that bad with a sword. And after that, Jesus in Matthew chapter 26 says, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father? And he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? A legion of angels is a thousand men. A legion is one thousand. Jesus said, I could could cry unto the Father and twelve thousand angels would come to my rescue. But this was the will of the Father. Now, Jesus acknowledged that will. Webster defines acknowledge 
as to recognize the rights or the authority of, to disclose agreement with, to express obligation toward, and to recognize as valid. Now, given this definition, it is easy to see why so many believers struggle with this today. In this prosperity-driven generation, there are many who with their mouth admit that there is a will of God, that God has a will for them. But when we apply the meaning of of acknowledgement to their life, we, we understand that they do not recognize God's right or authority over them. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people who say, oh yeah, I know, I know God's will is to do this or to do that, but, but they fail to, to, to submit to that right of God or to that authority over them. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul reminds us, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God has every right. He has every right to demand that we do, do what he calls us to do, that he tells us to do. He, that's his right. He has the authority in this. You're not doing God a favor by obeying him. Some people think, oh, they need, they need to be applauded when they do the right thing. You know, it's kind of like football players who want to dance and storm around in the end zone. When they score a touchdown, that's what they're paid to do. Why do they need all this appro- approval? Why do they need all this recognition? Just do what you're supposed to do. That's God's right. It's his authority. And it's your obligation. They do not, they do not agree with God's will. In Romans chapter 1, verse 32, Paul says, Who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I mean, there there are men who claim to be believers who acknowledge, who, who admit that God has a will for them, but they do not agree with that will. Yeah, I know God wants me to do so and such and such, but I don't I don't want to do that. That's not the attitude that Jesus had. Jesus acknowledged the will of God. It meant he recognized the authority of the Father's will. It meant that he agreed with the Father's will. Men also do not feel obligated to to do his will. And all of this leads us to a person who fails to have the right attitude concerning the will of God. It leads to a person who has the attitude, I deserve better than this. Well, what about Jesus? Didn't Jesus deserve to be treated better than he was treated? He was God. The Bible tells us he made himself of no reputation. You know what that means? It means he he laid aside his deity and he was willing to receive from men the abuse and the hatred and all of those things and not one time did he get upset and say, I'm God and I deserve to be treated better than this. He didn't do that. Because it was the Father's will. It was the Father's will that he suffered these things. And do you realize that it's God's will that you and I endure the hardships of this life 
and do so with the right attitude, accepting and agreeing with and obligating ourselves to the will of God. Do we, as Jesus did, acknowledge the will of the Father and submit to that will? So first this morning, I want us to see that Jesus acknowledged the will of the Father. And then, if we're going to have the right attitudes, the right philosophies, number two, we must understand that Jesus accepted the way of the Father. Philippians chapter 2, beginning again in verse 7. And took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Now we come to the second philosophy that I want to discuss this morning. Not only did Jesus acknowledge God's will, but he also accepted God's way. Now Webster defines accept as to consent to receive. In other words, Jesus consented to walk the pathway of God's will. Jesus knew God's will for him. He knew that that will ended in his horrific death on the cross. He knew the path that he must walk. And yet he humbled himself and consented to obey. He humbled himself. That means he laid aside his deity to be hated and rejected by men. That means he laid aside his crown as king, to be servant of all around him. It means he laid aside the power that he had to be dominated by men upon this earth. And he did all of this because it's what God wanted him to do. It's what the Father wanted. Now, What about you and me today? What are we willing to accept to fulfill the Father's will for us? Over the past decades that I've been in the ministry, I've observed countless people who know God's will. They know what they need to do, but they just won't do it. Now, there's a very clear example of this in Scripture. Turn with me, please. Let's go together to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And this is a very familiar story. Luke chapter 18. And we'll begin at verse number 18. We read here, And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master... What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good, save one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. 
And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Now, this young man went to the right person. He went to Jesus. And he asked the right question. What do I have to do? And he heard the right answer. It's interesting, though, that Jesus made sure that he he cited all the things that Jesus already knew that this young man was doing. See? So this young man suddenly felt justified. He said, well, I've done all these things. What more do I need to do? And then Jesus hit home. Go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor and come follow me. In other words, Jesus said, give up all that you have and give it all to me. And that's where he walked away. And you know what? There are things in our life that we don't want to let go of, aren't there? Don't, don't sit there and try to say no because you'd be calling God a liar. We all have things in our life that are very difficult for us to, to lay aside and, and give up. But you see, that's what Jesus did. Jesus just laid aside everything he had and he humbled himself and allowed himself to be mistreated and he walked the path that God laid before him. Jesus, Jesus, the Bible says, set his face toward Jerusalem like a flint. Jesus knew that trip into Jerusalem was going to be the last one. He knew that that trip into Jerusalem was going to take him to the cross. Now, if that had been me, I might have said, hey, guys, uh, how about we go visit Nazareth today? Yeah, let's go to Nazareth. Yeah. But Jesus didn't do that. He accepted what God wanted him to do. If we are going to have the mind of Christ, if we are going to think as Christ, then we must accept the path that God has laid before us and we must accept all of the consequences that accompany that path. And we must do so by the grace of God. Even if it means we have to give up some things. Even if it means we have to give up our own plans. In Luke chapter 9, verse 59, we read, And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. This man wanted to follow Jesus, but he he didn't want to give up his plans. You know, 36 years ago, I didn't plan on being here doing what I'm doing. 36 years ago, I, I, had, I had a lot of plans for my life. None of them, none of them included serving the Lord Jesus Christ. None of them did. But God laid a path before me, and I'm not trying to exalt myself as perfect because I'm far from it, but he laid a path before me that, that I walked, and he's done the same for all of you. I'm sure, I'm sure many of you had plans, and you didn't plan on being where you are today. But the will of God has taken us down these pathways, And we must be willing to accept these paths. Sometimes it means we have to give up our pride. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, we read it earlier. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than 
themselves. We, we, we shouldn't have this attitude that I deserve more. You know what you deserve today? Do you really understand what you deserve? You deserve eternity in hell. That's what you deserve. So if you want God to give you what you deserve, you better be careful. It's like my, my mom always used to say, watch out for what you ask for. Be careful what you ask for. And that's not good grammar, but my mother's from the South. So we forgive her. You see, we, sometimes we have to put aside our pride. Sometimes we have to accept, we have to accept things in our life that God has, has laid before us that, that we don't want to accept. Sometimes we have to give up our own purposes. Matthew 26, verse 39 and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy wilt, as thou wilt. Jesus was willing to, to give up his own purposes to fulfill the will of the Father, and so must we. So must we. We're talking about the right philosophies today. Jesus acknowledged the will of the Father. He accepted the way of the Father. And then lastly, number three, Jesus accomplished the work of the Father. Back to Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also, also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. In John chapter 19 and verse 30, we read, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. It is finished, Jesus stated. In other words, he's saying, Father, everything you've given me to do, I have done. It's finished. The work of redemption is finished. The work of salvation is finished. He finished the work that the Father called him to do. Why? Because he acknowledged the will of the Father. Because he laid aside his deity. He made himself of no reputation. Because he was willing to accept and take, take on the, the path of the Father. Because he was willing to walk the road that God had called him to walk. And because of all of these things, not because he was God. Did you hear me? Not because he was God. Because, remember, he laid that aside and he worked, he worked in the power of the flesh just as you and I must do. He became a man. And, and while he laid aside his deity, he still remained God. However, he worked the same way that you and I must work. And he did all these things because he had the right philosophies. And because he wasn't, he didn't think more of himself than he should. And because he didn't put himself ahead of everything else. He finished the work that was done. I wish I could say that today. 
I wish that I could stand right here and say, I finished all the work that God has given me to do. I wish I could say that, but I can't. There have been things in my life that I didn't finish. And God had to bring someone else along to finish them. And by the way, neither can any of you say that. Not if we're going to be honest. Because we've all left things undone. Doesn't mean that, not trying to say that we're, we're, we're evil or wicked. I'm just saying that we get scared. And sometimes we don't finish some of the things that God gives us to do for, for differing reasons. So what do we do? Do we just give up? Do we just, do we just sit there and say, well, you know, I failed, so that's it. I'm going to give up. Oh, of course not. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, we cannot change the past. I can regret the past, I can wish the past never happened, but I cannot change it. I cannot go back and undo what I have done. But I can affect the future. Going forward, I can decide to do right tomorrow. I can change my life and follow the Lord today and for all the future. Now what do we do? Well, we learn from yesterday's mistakes. We should never repeat a mistake. I heard once someone once say, a bird, having a bird land on your head is no sin, but letting them build a nest there is. Learn from your mistakes. Don't repeat them. Remember the lessons learned and go forward and, and, and change the things in your life. Do not allow past mistakes to stop you from living for God tomorrow. As Paul stated, press toward the mark. This means to push forward. It literally means to throw the obstacles out of the way. Press toward the mark. Paul admonished us, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What say ye concerning the word of God today? If God be for us, who can be against us? Acknowledge the will of the Father. Recognize his rights and authority over you. Agree with his will. Obligate yourself to fulfill the will of the Father. Recognize God's will as as valid and, and authoritative in your life. Accept the way of the Father. Give up your own will for the Father's will. Whatever it may be, whatever the cost, whatever the consequences, give up your will in exchange for the will of of the Father. And accomplish the work of the Lord. As King Solomon said, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with 
thy might. Do all as unto the Lord. Accomplish the work that God has given you to do. Husbands, love your wife. Husbands, uh, fathers, uh, rear your children. Uh, Brethren in the church, serve the church. Do all that God has called you to do. Look unto the needs of the poor. Help the afflicted. Love your neighbor. These are, these are the path. This is the path that God has called us to walk. Not to bring to ourselves glory or fame, wealth or, or power. If God sees fit to give you those things, then praise his name. But, but that's not what we live for. We live to glorify the Father in our life. We live to be a witness unto his, his holiness and his righteousness and his salvation. And we do the things God has called us to do. Women, you moms in this room, God has given you the ability to be a good mom. You dads, God has given you what you need to be a good dad. You just need to follow his path. Walk, lean on him. Throw away the psychology books because they're not worth the paper they're printed on. There's no user's manual for children. You know that? Each one's different. I raised three. And they're all so different, it's not even funny. I hear parents come to me all the time and say, well, so-and-so's kid is doing this and they're only three. Well, whoop-de-doo. I'm so glad for so-and-so's kid. My kids didn't do things three-year-olds did till they were nine. I don't know, maybe it's genetics, I don't know. I'm joking. God has given you the ability to do what he's called you to do, by the way. He doesn't call you to do anything and he does, that he does not give you the ability to do. So let's, let's, let's change things. It all starts in, in, up here. It all starts with our attitudes, with our philosophies. Acknowledge the Father. Accept his way. And accomplish the work he's given you to do. May God bless each of us. And may he help us as we endeavor to live for him. Let's pray. Father, we are so inadequate to do the things I've talked about today. Apart from you, we can do none of these things. In In our... In our human self, Lord, we will always do what benefits us and never what benefits you. Only by your grace can we live the life we've discussed today. But we know, Father, that it is your will and we know that you've equipped us to do this. We know that you've already given us the mind of Christ and that we, we have the ability to, to, to have his, his attitude and his philosophies as we live our life. So, Father, help us. Help us. Strengthen us, instruct us, guide us, lead us. I pray that everyone here today would open their hearts to you and would examine themselves and would change the things in their life that need to be changed. And Lord, if, if they have nothing that needs to be changed, then, then glory to you and, and continue to strengthen and help them. But Father, I know that I need to change some things. 
And I need you to do that. So please help me. Bless all that are here. Bless us as we close this service today. Help us to remember what we've heard, to take it away with us, and to live it unto your glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronan Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.